everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week. And we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Because we are sober and we're going to talk. So, and, and we're sisters. And we're sisters in this program. We're not sisters in real life, but and you we know, are. we we find that we find our family of choice, as they say, not yes, our family of origin. Family of choice is like good. It's good. Um, so today we're going to talk about triggers, which is um, where those come from. Your family of origin. <laughs> Damn it. So um, triggers can like there there are things that happen in um, like right now that send us back to this time when it, the whatever the, the the trauma that's left was really happened. And so um, MG and I we were just talking about um, you know we were both raised in really big families and now live um, kind of solitude lives where it's quiet and there's not a lot of um, chaos and um, you know but we were both raised in that and so for me I totally can I notice like if I hear like fighting or any loud eh, you know anywhere I, my, my my trigger comes up it's like right away I'm like oh, I need to run I need to hide what's going on oh my god yeah yeah and it can happen anywhere like it can happen at work or the grocery store or a parking lot you know anywhere and I get like and I want to it the fight or flight thing comes up and I want to run um so what I want to say before we kind of go into how to deal with them and our different triggers that are going on is that one thing I learned from Iris my um my former therapist um was that what when you feel triggered anybody when we have when the the trigger happens and you have you're having the response it's as if what you went through when you experience the initial trauma is happening right now and a lot of times i hear um women in programs say things like it's silly or shouldn't and that i want to like give you permission to um not say that to validate that that that's like a real thing going on yeah it is as if you are back in that home and the mom is raging and the fighting is going on right now. And that is valid for you. 
So you, you know, we got to, I've had to learn how to take care of myself. Like when I'm triggered, when that trauma response <laughs> comes and I want to fight or flight, you know, I've had to learn how to, you know, calm myself and care for myself. Well, that's and, because we have the functional, functional adult now, like, you know, instead of the wounded child. And so, you know, I live, you know, 99.9% .9 of my life in my functional adult. But when a trigger happens, that little girl comes up and she wants to drive the bus, metaphorically. And, you know, the functional adult is the one that says, no, no, you know, you're, you're not going to die of coronavirus because that woman coughed in the elevator. You know, you were wearing a mask. It's okay. We're going to be fine. Chances are she's not positive. But, you know, so it's like that functional adult can talk us out of that headspace. But I think it's important for us to feel that and to not uh, dismiss it. I agree, MG. I think it's really important to be in there and be like, you know, I feel triggered. I have a, a friend in the program um, that is really good about that, recognizing that I feel triggered. And um, knowing like, because I think once you know that, okay, like, so it's not, it's not real right now. I can, I can walk myself out of this, sure, you know, sure. I'm not experiencing my mom raging, chasing my sister around the house with a yardstick or some kind of shoe or something to hit her with, which is where I go, you know, that's like, oh God, it's like somebody's going to get hit and I don't want to watch it and I don't want to see it. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's other <coughs> triggers too that come up that, um, take us down different roads, you know, like, um, one of my, um, uh, the, 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 I'm working really hard on walking my new dog, Ginger, getting, teaching her not to pull. And I have trauma from, uh, it just, you know, six months ago when we would encounter a dog or a stray dog or another dog that's walking and she's like, ah, you know, <laughs> and so I have, a trauma response to that and so it can be like right now sure. like very short period of time or it could be you know deep deep seated that goes back to your childhood well I think it's important to talk about like a trauma versus a trigger because you know if something traumatic is going on then that's what it is but a trigger is a reminder of that trauma so every time you go walk her it may be a trigger for you because of the trauma Exactly. So what do you do when you get ready to go out to soothe yourself? I calm myself. So one of the things I did is I bought um, a gentle leader, which is a certain type of uh, a collar, and it hooks around her neck, and it leads her around like a horse rather than around here. It hooks underneath her chin, under her snout, like so it leads her like this way. And it's... <laughs> I mean, and I just remind myself, like, I have this tool, and I can handle this, and she is 100 times better on the gentle leader than she is on the regular leash for me. So that's one of the things that I do is just remind myself, like, I can handle this. I've got her. And you researched some technology to help you, and you went to Amazon, I suppose, and bought it and had it delivered, you know? You went through some steps in order to get through I know that those it. things work because I had one with Betty. And so when yeah. I first got Betty, I had one. I forgot that I had it and I, that I used that. And that's how I trained her. You know, that's how I trained her to listen to me and to do what I say. And she's very responsive to it, you know. And probably because 
I'm like, this works, you know, it's my, it, my investment is, is that this particular tool works, which is very true again with other types of trauma with, if it's an emotional trauma, you know, if I can remind myself and remember like, Hey, I am an adult now. Yeah. And I know that talking to the little child for me, it works. I had a, a therapist before Patrick. Her name was Deborah McLeod. She was amazing. And uh, when we started getting into trauma work, she would say, I would say, I don't want to go there. I don't remember. I don't want to talk about that stuff. And she said, you know, it's important for us to go back to uncover it, to find out like you know, that between fiction and, you know, to really examine it. And she said, listen, you lived through it. You survived it. The remembering isn't going to be anywhere near what the exact experience had been. So you're okay. I mean, you know, we can remember and go back. And so, you know, I'm getting ready to start sponsoring someone. And one of the things that I do is I tell my story. And I talk about my childhood. I go back to like my grandparents, you know, I start there because it's such a systemic thing about how we learn. I mean, it's, um, it's, you know, such a shame that people don't know how to parent in our world, but, um, there it is. And so, you know, I was remembering my, I was thinking about my story last night and thinking about an incident that happened, which was one of the most traumatic incidents in my childhood. And I don't know, maybe I was six, seven, I don't know. <coughs> Coronavirus, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> It's allergies, it's the Saharan winds. And I knew it was the Saharan winds because when I took my allergy medication, everything went away. Haven't had a fever, I'm fine. I'm fine, listeners, don't worry. <clears throat> but anyway, back to the trauma. So uh, she, was, she was on the pot and she had me in front of her and it was a tiny little bathroom and she was chewing me out for something. And uh, I remember thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just knew it was unfair and I had a small bit of defiance where I stuck my tongue out at her. And she slapped me so hard with her right hand, boom, that my little head hit the sink that was right here. Bam. And like I fell, I collapsed. And I think that she felt badly, but because she was who she was, she was like, let that be a lesson to you. You know, and like, you know, said, get out of here. That's all your fault. Right. <sighs> Crawled out, you know. And so, you know, I don't know how old I was, but think about like a low sink, you know. Right. And, uh, and so, and I really remember that, like, you know, the measure of the cruelty of my mother and, uh, you know, her unwillingness to even be tender when I was really in pain. I mean, she was a slapper. She was slapped the shit out of me. And so, you know, those are like pivotal moments where I can, now, I could have been doing something really bad where I deserved being disciplined, you know, but she had no skills to be able to do that. First of all, it's humiliating to be someone sitting on the pot, you know, giving you like, get her in here right now. And like, she couldn't even create the space where she wasn't taking a shit. Very humiliating. So when I think about that response now as an adult, I do have a physiological response to it. But, you know, like what I did last night when I was talking to myself, I just comforted myself. And what I say to myself is, you know, that's never going to happen to you again. 
little girl. We're never going to be in a situation like that. And, uh, and it comforts me to know that I survived it, that I have some grit. And, you know, the topic that I wanted to talk about today, if you didn't have one, was about this concept of grit. And there's a TED Talk, this woman talks about it, like it's a predictor for success. Angela Duckworth. Yeah. I have her book. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I have some grittiness about me that, you know, I refuse to be like uh, a victim of that. I'm not in victim mode around any of that. And I had the grit to grow up in that household and it toughened me in a way. I still don't like conflict. I don't like, you know, but I have more tools now. I, I, you know, I have a lot of the same stuff and a lot of, you know, I was thinking about, um, the richness of me because I went to jail, you know, I spent six weeks in jail and it is, it's given me grit. It's given me that um resilience that i know you know you can't take that away from me and um i can overcome anything you know i can make it through because i went through that and um it doesn't make me it doesn't define me mm, you know mm, mm. but it does um, become a part of the definition of me you know it isn't everything but it is part of it and um not that I would ever choose it I am sort of grateful I'm grateful for the experience and what I've learned sure and um there's you know there's just and I do agree like I think that even just the you know being a middle child and in a, in a family of six yeah you know, you better, you're going to get some grit, you know. Um, I don't think my mom ever slapped me in the face, but she did hit me a lot. That was their form of discipline. They didn't know, you know, they didn't know. They, and they, you know. They had no our, tools. They had yeah. no training. They had no modeling. And both of our mothers were probably overwhelmed. My mom was, um. I think 18 or 19 when she had her first baby, you know, very young. And then she had uh, six babies in nine years, you know, they were just like one right after the other. Jesus. And six is a lot. <laughs> I have zero and that's a lot for me, you know. Yeah, like, oh my God. So, the, you know, yeah, there was, the, it was a very chaotic household and I do um, find myself like, you know, I do get triggered by chaos. You know, I, that is my, my thing is like, I just want to be like, Ugh. I'm also, um, another trigger for me is feeling unimportant or insignificant. Sure. And that is, um, I have to, I, I think for me, the process around, um, dealing with triggers is first to allow it, not fight it, not resist it and act like it's not there I had to learn this is what I learned from Iris is to allow it to allow the experience the memory to come in and then to remind myself that I'm not the same person I'm not you know I'm an adult um, I don't send my little five-year-old daughter my little five-year-old girl in to deal with plumbers when I'm a, you know when she's afraid and she doesn't know what to do I, you know, have to pull her back and show up as an adult 
and remind myself, I'm an adult. I know how to do this. Yeah. But it does become like, you know, the little angels on my shoulder, you know. Like, sure. You're going to be the little girl or you're going to be the adult, you know. And yeah. it, it's, I, you know, want to succumb and just like, you go do that, you know. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to show up as an adult and be like, okay, so what's the deal? You know, bottom yeah. line. Yeah. Where do, we, where do we go from here? And then I feel better. Sure. And then I have this file in my in my mind, in my file cabinet, that I know how to do that. I can, you know, take control of that situation, of the little girl, make her, make sure she's loved and, and cared for, and then show up as a functioning adult. We can advocate for ourselves now. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I had to do this past week was talk to my boss about going back to work. I mean, now we're on a stay-at-home order in Houston. But, you know, I had a doctor's excuse until the 30th of the month to work from home. And then, you know, he was expecting me to be back in the office on the 1st. And I said, you know, especially like last week, I, I didn't feel well. I'd had a, some health issues that came up. And so, you know, I was just like, he called me about another thing. And I thought, this is the time. And I just said, hey, I need to talk to you about me coming back to work. And, uh, and, and it was like, it was a big girl panty time. I mean, it's like showing up and just asking the question. And I said, how would you, I did the big ask, you know, in sales, they say, what's the ask? So my ask was, how do you feel about me staying home for another 30 days? That was the big ask. And I opened it. I was like, how do you feel? Let's discuss it. And he was like saying, well, you know, your position isn't a work at home position. And I went, motherfucker, I know that. We're in a goddamn pandemic. I know. Come on. In my head, right, my teenager, she had a thought. My functional adult just kept her mouth shut. And I said, well, actually, I said, I understand. And he said, however, I'm willing to work with you around all this. And I said, you know, I'm planning, I have an appointment with, I'm trying to get an appointment with my doctor with the VA. It's telehealth now, and it's very convoluted. But I said, you know, I have uh, an appointment. I, my doctor is scheduling an appointment for me to, you know, have a telehealth session to discuss what's going on. So, you know, all of that is true. And he was like saying, well, he goes, I want to hear back after that. So I have like a reprieve that's like not closed, but he's willing and able and he wanted to work with me. And so I felt like that's a success. I can't ask for anything more from that. But if I had been in my little girl, I might not have ever said anything, right. gone back to work, had a huge resentment. You know, it's all that stuff that happens. And then we act, want to act out. And for me now, it's mostly with food, even though I think I'm done with that. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to mention really quick, so um, one of the things that I, I um, was talking about before we started recording was I have a friend in the program, and she had had a romantic interlude with someone. They they did not have sex, but they, um, you know, they got a little physical, and um, it wasn't someone appropriate for her to begin a relationship with. They were both available, but it just was not appropriate. It wasn't the kind of person that she's looking for or the relationship. And so she backed away and then started feeling triggered, like withdraw in withdrawal. 
And, you know, we talked about, and I was like, you know, it, you seem to go back to this place every time. What is it? And, the, and she goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So if you're saying that, like, you do know, like we know, but we have to like, you got, first of all, you have to allow the feeling. You have to allow that feeling to come and wash over you and then ask for the memory where this comes from. What, what is the origin of this feeling? Because it's not that person. Right. You're not sitting there crying and feeling in total pain over some guy that you kissed. That like you hardly not, know. <laughs> it is not that. No. You, we tell ourselves it is, but it's not. If I could just, if that guy would just come back and do this, you know, be with me, then I won't feel this way. It's not that. So, you know, she did, she goes, I tell myself that I'm ne- nobody's ever going to love me. And I was, yes. And I was like, how painful, you know, that's horrible feeling, you know? And I said, so like, what's the truth about that? Well, the truth is, is that I have a lot of love in my life. And, you know, I have a lot of people in my life that do love me and I have been loved by men many times. So you allow the feeling, let it wash over you, find the origin if you don't know what it is, like I know if I'm having money stuff, what that is. But if it's, if, you know, you can find the origin of that memory, of that feeling, what is that memory? And then ask yourself, is that true right now? Yeah. And it's not. Well, no matter what it is, it's not. We do tell ourselves that because, you know, another thing that um, MG and I were discussing before we started recording is I was watching this video by Joe Dispenza, who's a, you know, he's on YouTube. You can watch his, you can Google him, find his, his teachings. But what he was saying is, is that when we are triggered from a trauma, what we do with that trigger is we go to the worst case scenario and we're not aware of it. We're not, we don't know that we're doing it, but we do our bodies and our minds and everything that's going on in here. Yeah. goes like, Ooh, you better get the fuck out. You know? Yeah. Like, you, you're gotten, you know, you're never going to be loved. You better hang on to that guy or right. you know, like, you, 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 it's called catastrophic thinking. Yes. And I think that the reason I came home from Whole Foods and ate all the cookies is because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to die anyway. Let me finish off these, you know, sugar cookies, <laughs> you know? I mean, right, right. And it's like, you know, let let my last, you know, I want to have some pleasure in my life. So let me eat this, you know, pleasurable (laughs) thing before I kick it. I don't have any pot I can smoke or stuff I can drink and no guy to have sex. So I'm going to eat all these cookies. I'm going to eat all these damn cookies. I'm going out like this. (laughs) Crumbs on my chest. There you go. But that is, it's like that. It's, I think, um. You know, the emotional response I'm having is, is that, you, you know, when we do this, we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. You know, the yeah. mom is gone. The yeah. mom's not going to do no. it. And you know what it is as your adult. And, you know, we can, we can do this ourselves. Well, I think the key there is what I was just talking about, which is allowing the feeling. Yeah. Because I was very much in my mind thinking, thinking about like, this inconsiderate woman and I got into anger and I was like saying all sorts of things in my mind versus you know you did (laughs) 
Mine was kind of a see you next Tuesday oh, kind of yeah. response, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, but to feel the feeling around that and then to do that self-soothing, you know, ha- have the competing voice come in, the rational, functional adult saying, you know, it's okay, we're okay, we're going to be fine. And even if, worst case scenario, you did get this disease, you've got health benefits, the VA is very as good. As strong here as a Houston. horse you're getting, you know. Yes, yes, And then yes. the thing I do, um, you know, when I'm working with clients or um, sponsees with this is to ask them, how old do you feel? Eight. What is that eight-year-old little girl feeling? And then what does she need? If you were her mother, what would you do? If I was her good, loving, tender, compassionate, you know, well-skilled mother. (laughs) Hey, baby. No, you. Yes, exactly. You. Not your, not, you do not have to recreate your mother. You show up as the mother and you're like, hey, it's okay. Like, I got this. You know? Yeah. I, I'm smart. I know how to get money. I know I have money saved if we need to redo the whole pipes underneath our house, we <laughs> worst case scenario. I'm telling you, that is so true. We go to the worst case. You know, it's going to cost ten thousand dollars to fix my broken pipe. You know, it didn't. It was under a thousand, and I had the money and I could pay for it. And it, you know, just to have those experiences, I have that in my file cabinet. You know, that index card. I know. I can take care of myself. Well, going back to that idea of grit, they talk about, and, and I can't remember the, the couple of words that she puts together, but it's about this, uh, about our brain's ability to problem solve and figure out things. And that once we know that we have that ability to do that and we do it, then you're right. That, you know, teaches us, oh my God, I totally lived through that situation. And that's the same thing with you going to jail, Elizabeth. It's like, yeah, listen, I went to jail because of this disease, you know? You can't scare me. <laughs> well, it did scare you. It helped you get scared you sober, you know? But, I know that did, but you can't yeah. scare me now. That's right. You know, I've, you know, I've done it. I've been there. I, I know what it is. And Right, right. You know, that's, you can't scare me. Yeah. I do get scared, but, you know, we were talking last night in LOA, like about money and asking for um, a raise or asking for the amount of money that you're worth or charging, if you're an entrepreneur, the fees that you're worth. And it's the same kind of thing. We have that trauma response, like, Ooh, they're going to leave. They're going to slap me, you know, or they're going to, you know, it just, it's the same thing. And when you, know that you do have a certain amount of grit that you can like dive into that and use that quality you know yeah 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 yeah. but yeah you're right and me being able to talk to my boss about me you know take staying home a little bit longer and doing those things and having those it's just makes all the difference in the world and I really learned a lot of that stuff from women within they do a lot of role-playing where you know they'll they'll like I remember this one woman she had a very um, abusive aggressive ex-husband and he would drink when he would have the kids and so you know we role played with her like what would happen if she goes to drop off her kids and she can tell he's been drinking what do you do and she just was so so scared just so small she was like oh my god I can't say anything to him because he's gonna punch me 
And so, and, and it's like, really, really, he's going to punch you, you know, you're divorced now and, you know, your children are right there. You think he's going to punch you like at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning? She goes, he could. And I'm like, he could, they could, right. they admit that they could happen. But, you know, and, and they really coached her through like, what would happen? Walk through that. How would that look like? How can you take care of yourself? But basically getting the words out of her mouth that if she came in and he has a beer in his hand at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning and he's staggering to the door, what would she do? And uh, and so Women Within is a great, if those of you out there listening, if you've heard about it or somebody has recommended it, it's a great place to go and learn some like leveling up your skill set around conflict. It was really helpful. Amen, sister. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for this Saturday morning. Uh, is it Saturday, Sunday, Sunday morning? Sunday morning. Yeah. I love you. And uh, anything else before we sign off? I think that's all I got on the trigger. Well, everybody, remember, if you want to donate to us, we're planning on, after the pandemic, to get uh, out there, to visit people, to go out to different cities. And so if you want to donate... We take Google Pay at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page that you can um, get into. Search for Sober Sisters Talk on Facebook. We have all of our episodes on there. And you're welcome to um, you know, get on there and like us and share us if you're so inclined, if, you're, if it doesn't um, break your anonymity. So we yeah. so appreciate you listening. And don't forget, we do also have a women's meeting on Fridays at 6 p.m. Central Time. And if you'd like to be invited, send us an email, SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com, and we will send you the Zoom link so that you can participate. It's a great meeting. We have women from all over the world that participate, and um, it's full of recovery. So if you need a meeting, reach out to us. Thank you so much, listeners. Bye-bye. Thank you. So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye.